Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record another episode of my podcast the beautiful dead as always i'm your host lena nazari you can find me at lenanazari.com there you can have links to my social media ways to contact me as well as i mean the easiest thing honestly is my email, which is lena at lenanazari.com. I check it all the time. I will let you know if you're sending me messages on social media. Sometimes I don't see them right away. Sometimes they get lost in hidden requests. So um, if you have reached out to me on social media and I haven't responded, just try emailing me. It's You're probably going to get a lot faster response. And if you've gotten responses, yes, that is me. Uh, all right. As we know, Fatal Curse is out. The trilogy is complete. Um, I'm starting to get like pieces of feedback, uh, which is always very exciting. I have a appearance coming up that is in Philadelphia at Fan Expo the first weekend of June. Uh, this is one of my very favorite cons, so I'm very excited. We're expecting a lot of people. There's amazing celebrity guests, so it should be a really fun weekend. If you're not following me on social media, you really should because I'm going to be posting all weekend from Philadelphia, so you'll get to see all the fun. All right. That's enough self-promotion. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. So as I said last week, I was very excited to stumble across this DVD. I, it was so funny. It, I saw it and just like the whole movie got unlocked in my brain. I remembered sitting and watching it when I was in high school. So I was really excited to uh, find this movie. I was all snuggled up in bed with Juliet and watched it, turned all the lights off and watched it and um, had a great time. So if you've never listened to this podcast uh, before or watched this YouTube channel, I do ruin everything. Massive spoiler alerts. Uh, before I do the summary, though, I want to show you the tea I'm drinking tonight. I thought this tied in very perfectly with the theme of the movie. So I'm doing London After Midnight. That's the tea, the vampire tea that I'm drinking. And you can check out the link in the video description. And uh, it's in my very favorite Lost Boys mug. So I, I can tell my voice is... A little bit there's a little bit of a rasp so I'm probably gonna um, need this tea throughout this recording all right quick summary because like this is not a very well-known movie so we're gonna do a quick summary night flyer Richard Dees is a cynical tabloid reporter whose motto is never believe what you publish and never publish what you believe Merton Morrison, edit, editor-in-chief at the tabloid Inside View, confides that a case about a bloody murder in a rural airfield 
was committed by a passing aviator who he thinks is a vampire. He's registered under the name Dwight Renfield. Dees refuses, but reverses his decision when two more murders are committed. In another airfield, the victims drained of their blood. He recovers the case from Morrison, who in the meantime had entrusted it to the novice reporter Catherine Blair, and leaves in the leaves to follow the footsteps of the killer aboard his own light aircraft. Everybody in this movie can fly. Dees gathers accounts, pays bribes, and even desecrates a grave for the purpose of his investigation. He senses that the case is stranger than it seems and receives messages telling him to stop his investigation. Dissatisfied with Dee's attitude, Morrison sends Blair out to conduct her own parallel investigation. Dee's offers the young woman to join forces and hunt down the killer together. They find his trail at the Wilmington airfield, and as he no longer needs her, Dee's abandons Catherine to continue alone. We got another Catherine! He lands at Wilmington and finds Renfield's Cessna Skymaster with dirt inside and the interior covered in blood. The airfield seems deserted, but Dees finds several massacred people. After taking photographs, he goes to the bathroom to vomit and is surprised by Renfield, who reveals his face and turns out to truly be a vampire. Renfield destroys Dee's photographic film and forces him to drink a little of his blood, which gives Dee's visions of all the victims coming back as zombies. In a trance, he attacks the bodies with an axe and is shot by police officers who arrived on the scene with Blair. She sees Renfield get on his plane and take off, but adopting Dee's motto, she prints an article that portrays Dee's as the killer. Okay, trivia and crossovers. This is not a well-known movie. I don't know a lot of people who know of this movie. I looked, there wasn't super interesting trivia that I felt like I really needed to pass on to you guys. As far as vampiric crossovers, um, none of the actors have ever been in another vampire film. However... It was based on a short story by Mr. Stephen King, and we know that he also wrote Salem's Lot, uh, which is supposed to be coming out sometime this year. As soon as I find out, you'll find out, and let's hope they did it right this time. Okay, vampiric references. As mentioned, the vampire uses the name Dwight Renfield. And if you guys don't know, in the 1931 Dracula, the actor who played Renfield's name was Dwight. So that is a reference to the Dracula film. Also referenced in the movie, uh, when the reporter looks at one of the victim's bodies, he's describing the bite on the neck. And he said, this is not your Bella Lugosi dainty fang marks. So obviously Bella played Dracula in 1931. So we had a couple references in here, which was, was really nice. The reporter even asks, the boss asks the reporter, do you have your garlic? And the reporter says, yeah, right next to my crucifix. So obviously that's referencing the well-known, very old beliefs that vampires are repelled by garlic and crucifixes holy items, really. All right, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Relationship to humans. They can walk amongst you um, unnoticed, 
ish depending on how they look but this is not one of those stories where the vampire falls in love with humans befriends humans there's none of all that he pretty much lays low and as far as i can tell all he wants out of humans is your blood okay he just wants to eat you relationship to animals so at one point the reporter is at one of the crime scenes and he, there's this feral like the dog appears rabid. So imagine a rabid dog. That's how this dog appears. And he's sort of like chasing and attacking the reporter. So the implication is either the vampire affected this animal when he was there or the vampire is actually controlling the animal. Because throughout the film, the vampire is trying to get the reporter to stop trailing him. So the implication is that that dog is being controlled by the vampire to scare this reporter off. Appearance. We don't get to clearly see the vampire until the end. What you see is a silhouette of him where you see him very far away walking. He is wearing a, a long black cape that is red satin on the inside. The collar goes up almost to the top of his head. Um, and he's, you can tell from the silhouette, he's very broad. He's very big. And then when you do, when he is finally revealed, I'm going to start with the clothing. He has the very classic, classic Dracula, like a uh, white button up shirt. And he has sort of this like frill at his throat. He doesn't necessarily have the medallion like Dracula does, but it does. He is wearing that look. Um, and then when his face is revealed, he has... I'm going to try really hard to describe this, okay? He's monstrous. He has leathery skin. He has long, dirty fingernails that he can use to slash and cut. He has small eyes, long, very thin hair. His face is wider than a human's. Um, I am going to post a picture for my YouTube audience, but if you're just listening to the podcast, think of the bat version of Gary Oldman's Dracula, and you kind of have an idea of what he looks like. Um, at the end, there's sort of a lightning flash as the female reporter sees him and he goes from a monster to a very handsome human looking man. So either he can shape shift or he's gotten into her brain and changed her perception of him and it's sort of an illusion. Fangs. He has a mouthful of sharp fangs and we know that the canines are particularly big because when you see the fang marks on the victim, when you see that hole, it's like almost quarter size. So these are some big teeth, big fangs. Uh, blood. Yes. Yes. This vampire loves the blood. And at the end, he forces the reporter to drink a little of his blood. And then the reporter is able to see this like illusion of all of the victims rising and coming at him. So it's almost like the blood had a... Um, I don't know. It's like hallucinatory. It's like a, it's like an, a hallucinatory drug. So I don't know if the vampire is able to control what you see when he gives you his blood. Um, or that's, you just hallucinate like your greatest fear. I don't know. It's not made very clear, very cool scene, but it's not made clear how that happens. Food. We never see the vampire eat or drink anything other than blood. Sunlight. The vampire is strictly night shift, okay? His plane windows are all blacked out and he is only seen at night. Uh, sleep, he sleeps in his plane, as far as we can tell. And we're going to talk a little bit in the rules about 
the plane, but first I want to say religious items. This is never addressed. One of the victims in the airport has a crucifix necklace in his mouth, but I'm not sure I'm not sure why. I don't I don't know if that's because the vampire shoved it in there because he didn't want to see it. I don't know. It's never addressed. Okay, rules. So one of the witnesses uh, is telling the story of having seen this night flyer. And he said that it was the darndest thing. There was a pile of dirt under the plane. So that was my first um, implication or, or hint that he needs to sleep on his soil. And then later when the reporter breaks into the plane, the whole bottom of the plane is filled with soil and worms and stuff. So we know that this is an old belief that vampires have to sleep on the soil or above the soil of their homeland. That's why Dracula was filling boxes with, of dirt. Um, we see that in what we do in the shadows as well. So um, that's an old one, but that's one of the rules in this world. Uh, at one of the crime scenes, all the mirrors are smashed. So again, that was my first hint that he has an issue with mirrors. And then at the end, when he confronts the reporter... He does not cast a reflection. So that that's another rule. We don't know if he's allowed in uninvited. He does go into a couple's trailer and kill the couple. But it, I, the implication is that the wife has invited him in because she seems very happy to have him there. All right, powers. So this vampire has a way to mesmerize or hypnotize because the people that he leaves alive are talking about the plane but they can't remember the tail number. They forget the the of the pilot's name. So he has a way to almost like hypnotize or mesmerize them. And that woman, like I said, who seemed happy to have him there, uh, the lady was uh, that did her hair was like she looked like a woman in love. So he had her sort of like brainwashed or hypnotized. Um, the vampire also must have some kind of psychic ability because he knows that this reporter's following him. He knows the reporter's hot on his trail. At one point, he shows up in the reporter's hotel room and leaves in blood a message on the window that says, you know, stop following me or stay away. Sorry. So he must have a psychic ability to know that this is happening. We also know he's very fast because at one point he was in the bar and then he was gone. And a minute later, he's flying his plane away. So he's either he's very, very fast or he can teleport. Either one. How are they made? So this is one of those movies where the vampire is very, very mysterious. You don't get to know a lot about him. We don't know where he came from. We don't know how he was made. But what we do know is that in this world, you have to do more than just ingest the vampire's blood to turn because we see what happens when the reporter ingests the vampire's blood. He just kind of goes a little Looney Tunes. So you obviously have to do, maybe it's the full embrace, the exchange of blood, I don't know what it is because we never get to find out where this guy, where this vampire came from. Now, I will tell you, the reporter finds an old photo album on the plane and it has pictures of a couple and then it has pictures of just the man in front of his plane. So the implication is these pictures are clearly like from the 40s, if not further back. So the implication is, is that man in the photos is the vampire. So we do know that he is um, older. Um, so this very human man becomes a vampire, has been around for at least 50 years, and has turned monstrous after becoming the vampire. Um, but we don't know how or why or what the process was. We don't know the backstory at all about this vampire. 
How do they die? I don't know. Because the vampire doesn't die in this one. So again, it's like a big, this vampire is a huge mystery to me. Heartbeat or breathing, this is never addressed. Um, are they good or are they bad? So the vampire is supposed to kind of be the bad guy of the story. However, the reporter is played as somebody who is ruthless, merciless, has no morals. Like the stuff that he does, I don't want to say it here on YouTube, but the things he takes pictures of, like he desecrates this woman's grave just to get a better picture. So he's clearly played as not a great person. So in this film, it's that whole thing of like, who's really worse, the vampire or the human? Um, yeah, I already said all that. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe I, I rem I'm remembering all this and not having to look at the notes. But that tells you the, um, the impression this movie made on me that I'm not really having to look at my notes a lot. Tropes I love. I love when the monster wins. Okay, we don't see this a lot. Uh, horror especially. I mean, we see vampires survive films, but usually that's because the vampire is the good one, you know, like Twilight or uh, vampires, we, you know, so they're, they're the good guys, so they survive. But when the vampire is the quote-unquote monster, it's rare to see the monster win, but he survives this. He, walk, he leaves, he gets away with all of these crimes, nobody stops him, and then the reporter takes the fall for all of the murders. I love when we see the bad guy get away. I also love, and this is great, a uh, great trope to use in vampire stuff, which is the old timey photos. Whenever you stumble across the old timey photo that proves that this person has been around for a hundred years looking exactly the same. I love that trope. It's, it's all, I, I, I don't know what I like more, the flashback trope or the old timey photograph uh, photo album trope, but I love it. I'm here for it. Tropes I hate. So honestly, I could, there was nothing in this movie that made me groan. Now the vampire really has a small part in this. He, he is just a small part of this. The movie truly is about the reporter and the vampires, just the antagonist um, for this whole adventure to happen, for the whole downfall of this person who's clearly been bad for a long time. So there wasn't a whole lot of tropes in this one, but I, 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 there was nothing in this movie that I was like, oh, they used that thing. Um, like we said, you guys know this. I like when they have two sharp canines. This was not one of those. Um, but I was okay with it. Uh, I was, I just wish I, I wish they had given us more about the vampire. That's all I'm saying. All right. The ratings. Okay. How scary or evil is the vampire of Nightflyer? This vampire is huge. Okay. He's big. He's like broad and big. He's fast. He has mind control. He has psychic ability. Plus he has a plane. So he can be in and out of your town before you even know it. And that makes him very hard to track because you would have to really um, be on top of where he was landing and his MO and the way he kills and all that stuff. But the powers make him incredibly hard to trace because nobody can remember tail numbers or what he looked like or what his name was. Um, he also kills an airport full of people, including children. So... 
not looking good for you, vampire. This is not a vampire you want to mess around with. Now, that being said, he is bound by the sun. He does have to sleep on his soil, which really, like, he has to be strategic about where he's at and where he's resting. You know, he sleeps in his plane, and um, it wouldn't be too hard to walk up on that plane and, and just yank the side door open and, and stake him while he sleeps. I don't know why nobody has ever done this, but maybe it's because he mesmerizes everybody when he lands. I don't know if he is killable. So it's tough because I don't know, perhaps he's not killable and he's always gonna get away with it. But clearly he can live for a very long time because when he flips to the human, it's the human from the photos. So clearly he doesn't age. So the implication is that he is immortal. And as far as we know, he is truly immortal and he can't be killed other than being in the sunlight because if he could be in the sunlight, he would be. So. All that being said, we are giving this vampire 8 out of 10 stakes to the heart for scariness and evil. You do not want to cross paths with this vampire. If he lands in your airport, run. How sexy or alluring is the vampire of Nightflyer? So he is not your sexy, sensual vampire by any means. He sleeps in a worm-filled, soil-filled plane that's covered in blood. We have no indication at all that he cares about sex. All we know is that he will rip your head off and drink your blood. That's what we know. Um, he is able to terrorize because he does it to this reporter. He terrorizes him from afar, terrorizes him up close. Um, he could be at your, I mean, he comes right up to this guy's back when he's in the bathroom. Now, when he flips to human, he is a very good looking man. However, we don't know if that's truly his form, if he can shapeshift, or if that is an illusion because it has been made abundantly clear that he can perform illusion. So I have no idea. Um, that being said, <laughs> I would not wanna risk him shifting uh, in the midst of an embrace, if you know what I mean, back to his monstrous form. So I wouldn't risk that one. So we're going to give him one out of 10 onks for sexiness and allure. If you're watching the YouTube video and you saw his picture, you'll understand why. My thoughts. Okay. As much as I love Stephen King, we do know that he has a tendency for a really great buildup and a not great ending. Sometimes the reveal is lacking, okay? It, it, it is what it is, we all know this, but this is not one of those King adaptations. It was a great reveal. It was, it was a great reveal. I was very, very happy with it. I was worried that re-watching it would change my fondness, that it would, um, you know, some of the movies I loved as a teenager, I've rewatched and been like, wow, that's not great. This was not one of them. It's still great. It holds up. I loved it. We all know that the hardest part of being a vampire is getting your blood fixed without being busted. So having a plane is actually a really great way to get what you need without leaving a, a really noticeable trail. So I thought that was a very clever idea. 
I am confused about why the inside of the plane is soaked in blood. And some of the blood is fresh because it falls on the reporter. So unless he's like vomiting out blood, why is the blood on there? So all I can figure is it's done for effect. It was done by the props guys for effect. I understand the soil. He has to sleep on the soil. I just don't understand painting the walls with blood, but I'm sure when they were doing it, they didn't expect that 20 years later, somebody was going to be doing a podcast on breaking down the reasons for all of this, but that's what's happening right now. So we're going to move on. Um, if you're like me and in the nineties, you were anxiously awaiting the new episode of Tales from the Crypt. If you sat down and watched it, if you were lucky enough to have HBO, that's what this feels like. This movie feels like a Tales from the Crypt episode. I especially love it when the, um, you know, the nasty person who's lacking morals and stepping on people finally gets his comeuppance. I love that. Tales from the Crypt always ended like that. And that's what this whole movie felt like. Um, Miguel Ferrar, who plays the reporter, is such an underrated actor. Now, sadly, he's no longer with us, but he was in so many movies and he was so good at playing the slimy reporter that would do anything to stay ahead. And it makes you root for the vampire. I was so happy that the vampire walked away from all of this and the girl reporter um, got her lead story and... Um, and he got what he deserved. I loved it. The special effects and the makeup for the vampire are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Night Flyer is not as well known as it should be. King fans um, know the short story that it's based on, but, but many don't know that there was supposed to be a sequel to this movie. There was going to be a sequel that actually gave us the backstory of the vampire, but because this movie didn't do well, the, the, the sequel was scrapped and I, I would, oh man, if someone could ever get me that script, I would love to know the backstory of the night flyer. I would love to know how he became a vampire. Who was he? Tell me about the couple in the book. How were you made vampire? I want to know everything. So if anybody ever gets their hand on the script for the sequel to night flyer, please, please. But I'll tell you right now, I will watch this one again. I absolutely loved it. Some dark and stormy night. I'm going to throw it back on. I'm going to light some candles, crawl into bed, and watch it again. Next week, we're going to be doing a weird one. Uh, it's from the 70s, I believe. It's called Ganja and Hess. It is one of those that pops up on vampire films you must watch. There was just a recent article that was done about it, like bringing it back out into the light. So we will be watching and reviewing that one. It is available for streaming. I'm sorry, I don't remember on what platform, but just go into IMDb, look up Ganja and Hess, and you can see all the watch options. So that is what we will be doing next week. I've never watched it, but I think it's about time that I check it out and then come meet up with all of you and talk about it, which is my favorite thing to do. I love you all. Thank you so much for everybody who's reached out to me. I hope you're having a wonderful May and I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.